Anyway, what's up, Madrid podcast and all the Real Madrid fans? Unfortunately, due to my stupidity yesterday, we weren't able to release an episode. That's on me. So today we're going to smash yesterday's podcast, what would have been, and tomorrow's podcast, what would also have been, into one. So that means we're going to talk about a whole bunch of different things. It's going to be super condensed, uh, but I think we're going to talk a lot of, about a lot of different things. Jeez, I really can't speak. Hopefully it doesn't take long for me to get words out of my mouth. Anyways, Hassan, what's up? What's the first thing you want to discuss? Oof, uh, let's just kick off with what's coming up on the weekend, I guess, with uh, the good old Espanyol coming to town. All right, sounds good. First thing, Espanyol, that is happening on Saturday. It's a nice, bright and early game. If you live on the east coast of North America like I do, in that Toronto-New York time zone, the game's at 7 a.m., so best of luck to you. If you're like Hassan and you live in a place where football is timed a little bit better for you, I think that's, what, midday? 12 noon right yes it is dead on midday uh we're lucky in the, in the uk when it comes to football everything's on at a nice time well i think you're lucky in everything because you don't even watch north american sports anyway so it's a win-win for you i but, don't know necessarily i watch boxing and stuff and that's normally on sometimes depending on who's fighting so if it's not obviously a british fighter american fights on it uh, stupid i am same yes. with the usc as well but uh we digress okay we digress okay before we get into the game though there's a couple of things to note the biggest news that's probably come out today. There's three things. Two of them are injuries. So, Eden Hazard, of course, as we know, we mentioned in the last podcast, gets that injury around the 70th or so minute um, against PSG last week. He was supposed to be okay and ready in, and in time for the December 18th game, which, of course, as we all know, is a Clasico against Barcelona. Today, though, we find out he's going to be back for the start of 2020, and he ain't showing up at the Camp no. The next one would be Marcelo. He's also not going to be fit and ready. I'm personally not too fussed about that. But before I share my own personal opinions, <laughs> how much of an impact or do you think it would be that much of a detriment for Real Madrid to miss both Eden Hazard and Marcelo in the same game in the Clasico? And keep in mind how big this game is because both these teams were supposed to play back in October. So they're both a game behind. So this head-to-head is, of course, very, very important because they're tied, I believe, level on points at the top of the table right now. Yeah, uh, I agree with you on the Marcelo point. I don't think... Yeah, okay, it's fantastic offensively, don't get me wrong, but um, it's it's not something that can uh, sort of absolutely decide a game for us in that sense. I mean, it's important, but it's not absolutely vital. So his, his, his sort of absence can be... Replaced obviously in the way of Furlan Mendy, he was just you know fantastic. We have, everybody loves a bit of Furlan Mendy. Um, Hazard's a problem though, massive problem because he was just starting to get into his groove, starting to show us the sort of swagger and brilliance that we've uh, been expecting since he moved to Madrid in the summer. And the stats with him in the starting XI aren't great neither. Um, with him in the in the eleven, so in the seven appearances, he we've not lost a game yet. Five wins, two draws. We're averaging 2.43 goals scored per game with him in there and conceding just 0.43. With him not in the side, uh, we're winning one fewer, drawing the same amount, and we've also lost one. We're scoring fewer goals and conceding over a goal a game when he's not in the side. Uh, I'm not saying he's an absolute defensive monster, of course. That doesn't always equate to the same thing, but he has been tracking back a considerable amount in most games. But aside from that, obviously, I think he's been... 
uh, amongst the highest chance creators in every game he's played. He's been completing more dribbles than everybody else. Uh, he's been averaging something like eight, you know, six plus dribbles a game. No one else is coming close to that figure. Uh, so Hazard's missing is humongous. I think it's funny because I think we're actually looking at the exact same image off of Twitter. <laughs> Are you looking at one from Blanco Captain? No, mine was from La Liga Lowdown. Shout out to those guys, of course. Oh, okay. Well, I saw mine from Blanco Captain, so shout out to him, I guess. Uh, but yeah, so thanks for stealing the stats. I was going to spew. But anyway, um, in, in all seriousness, do you think that Marcelo would have started this game had he been fit, though? Get, like, just yeah, given- probably. Oh, yeah, you think so? Just because of preference that obviously Zidane's got in that sense. And plus, um, he's also been combining very well with Hazard, um, Kroos, and um, Marcelo. Well, Hazard, Kroos, uh, and Benzema have all been combining down that left side, obviously with Marcelo very well. That left-hand side has been massively influential in the attack in recent games. So to have the two of them missing is a problem. Uh, Marcelo less so than Hazard, though, for sure. But Marcelo, I, I think, would have started, to be fair. Um, but again, I don't think it's that big of a problem because it means we'll be a bit more defensively uh, sound with Mendy there. Yeah, we'll be lacking a little in the offense, but Mendy's not awfully bad offensively. Not as good as Marcelo, of course, but Marcelo's been one of the best left backs of all time in in that regard of being that complete attacking fullback. Whereas um, obviously Mendy's not quite reached that same level yet, but he's you know no, he's not exactly a, a slouch himself in that sense. He's still very good at it. I agree, because a lot of people are kind of knocking Mendy for not having that same kind of swagger and offense as Marcelo, but I think one thing people are failing to recognize or actually understand and look at is the fact that Marcelo's been here for so long. He's grown into that player. He's He's been that guy who has that, like, he has the footwork for it naturally. Like, he is that gifted. Like, he's able to do it. I'm not saying Mendy won't be able to do it, but I think it's just going to take a bit of time for people or for him to be able to move forward the way Marcelo does. I mean, of course, they both have their own like strengths and weaknesses. Could Mendy be as good on the ball as Marcelo? I don't know. I don't think so, Like technically in terms of dribbles and whatnot. But I think the one advantage that he does have is, of course, his speed and his build. Like He's definitely a solid guy. And from what we've seen so far, at least I think, he uses his body pretty damn well to shield the ball in either half of the pitch, which, of course, is very important. So even though he may not have the fancy footwork as Marcelo, I think he's still going to be able to you know, help produce with guys like Eden Hazard in future games, of course, not the one coming up. And then as well, Kareem Benzema or whoever else is up front. So I think it'll just take time for him to like grow into that role. And the same thing happened with Danny Carvajal initially. Not the greatest moving forward, but then he's grown into it. And then we also see the same thing with Hakimi Ashraf, who's on loan at Borussia Dortmund. Initially, I mean, he showed glimpses and flashes here and there that he can move the ball forward. But then he goes on loan, gets more minutes, gets experience, and look at him now. Holy smokes, like the kid is like lights out almost every game he plays. Yeah, um, he's offensively, he's an absolute dynamo. Uh, the guy is just irresistibly good just in every sense his dribbling's fantastic he's got a good finish on him actually as well uh, his crossing is pretty good yeah, he's just got so much energy as well he's so fast and so strong um, so he's going to be an absolute delight to see come back 
uh, which helps Madrid further solidify those fullback positions. Because the good thing about Hakimi is he can play either side, to be fair, which is handy. Yeah, it's going to be neat, especially with Oriazola looking like he's probably going to be sold um, in the summer, most likely. But let's go back to the Espanol game. So we know two people who for sure won't be able to make the starting 11. Uh, there's been that free radical who is Isco, who's made two starts in the last two games after making only two in all competitions prior. Do you think he has a role to play in this game, yes or no? Uh, yeah, I mean, if he keeps up the performance he's been putting through lately, uh, I can't see why he wouldn't start. You know, he's been very good on the ball, off the ball. The only thing missing has been end product, which, you know, he might pick up as he picks up more match time, or maybe it's just one of those things. But, uh, yeah, he's been solid, man. The strange thing, and I've been looking into it, obviously, in the last couple of match days, is when you actually look at his stats, nothing actually stands out. But it's when you actually look at him on the field and you think, yeah, he's just he's just working extremely hard. Like, it's something that can't be quantified, whatever he's been doing those past two games. Um so yeah, I th- I think he could definitely yeah. start. I, w- I wouldn't be shocked if uh, I would be shocked. Sorry if he doesn't. Um, plus, I don't see who else could really start in that position because I don't think Hamez is fully fit yet. No. So uh, yeah, more than likely, and considering obviously there's been a bit of a uh, b- bit of um, an injury crisis per se with obviously Marcelo Hazard and Bale's obviously being ruled out. Um, yeah, that's that's definitely going to be a, a handy option to have for Zidane. It's interesting that you say that, and I'm in no way trying to compare Isco to Eden Hazard. I know Eden Hazard is levels above. There's no comparison there. But what you did say is that while Isco has been really good in the last two games, that doesn't necessarily translate to the stat sheet on whatever stat sheet you look at. But his output is clearly evident, like he does a lot of work. As you said, you know, maybe as time progresses, he'll be able to knock a couple of goals into the back of the net, which would be wicked. But then, of course, he had that header that went off the post. And then I think it was Karim Benzema who kind of just tidied everything up. So, again, it's showing that that possibility is there. I saw today you getting into a bit of a tussle with a couple of people on Twitter. (laughs) I want to know, why are people so, so... um, why are people attacking Eden Hazard so much? It's taken a while for him to get into the groove of things. He is there. He's injured now. All right, whatever. But what do you make of this whole idea that because it doesn't translate to the stat sheet, therefore he's trash? Because people only look at freaking goals and assists and everyone that does that is an absolute cretin. End of story. Okay. Hazard was an elite, elite creator last season. He was in the top, I think, the top two for dribbles completed. He was in amongst the top three for pass. Uh, sorry, chances created. He literally dragged Chelsea to a top four position, and that that alone is impressive. Double digits for goals and assists, despite playing with the likes of Giroud and Willian and Pedro. That's Yo, impressive. Don't you Giroud? What the hell's wrong with you? I don't care. He's not a good player. I don't. I don't want to hear it. Okay. Um, and in, in the final against Arsenal in the Europa League, like he was in, absolutely fantastic in that. He's just an incredibly good player. And then lo- look at what he did at the 2018 World Cup as well. Like absolutely outclassed Brazil in that game. Like for a joke, it was unbelievable. So anyone who sat there saying he's only got one a goal and one assist, you're a moron. Straight up a moron. Don't watch football. Go watch golf or something. The fact that you did that voice, I know exactly who you're trying to mock, which is a. <laughs> 
I'm not going to mention who it is, but I just think it's super <laughs> But back to the starting 11 and the plan for this weekend against Espanyol. Um, who do you think, who do you see starting? Because this seems like it would have been a great game for Zidane to kind of like put in a really solid starting 11 and maybe even try something a little bit different in preparation for Barcelona. But now with a couple of people out, this is like, and at the same time, every game up until that December 18th game is like, you have to secure three points because you can't, you can't drop points and sit at home the next day watching the, you know, watching Barcelona play, just hoping that they too also drop points. Yeah, and the thing is, you like you never quite know when Barca will or won't drop points because because Messi's gonna bail them out. Every yeah, exactly, man. Weekend. Exactly, they've just got they've got the ultimate trump card in world football right now in Messi. Um, so yeah, you can't really bank on that. So you just have to keep push, pushing the pace and just hope that you know, whilst you keep your uh, your game up, they you know eventually have a slip up somewhere. I mean, it looked like it could happen against Atletico because they were. Outplayed for the most part, and then all of a sudden, boom! In comes Messi, just slides it in on the the 85th minute, or something like that. I know I was four minutes off my prediction on Twitter. I was very close. Um, wow! But, uh, You're so proud of yourself, aren't you? <laughs> I was so close. I think I said he's going to score in the 85th. 85th. I said 85th or 89th. I can't remember now. I was only a few minutes out, but um, yeah. I mean, this game's. It's a strange one because obviously Espanyol not in the best of form. Um, so you could think maybe he might be able to rotate a bit, play sort of a few more of the fringe stars uh, or players who just haven't had as many minutes. So that's, you know, you like to see Luka Jovic. Maybe we might even see Mario Dinas come out of the freaking coffin and start. Oh, um, no, 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 please, no. no. Wherever he is. Um, but who knows, man? Like, it's, it's really hard to answer. I think... In terms of us to go with it, so the back line, yeah, you're probably going to see, obviously going to see Ferdinand play at left-back. Um, Ramos is probably going to start. I'd be shocked if he doesn't. I could see Eddie Mayne Sorry, can you start. see it? Hassan, say, say it again. It kind of cut out. Okay, so obviously in goal, you'll obviously have Courtois. No, I don't see a change there. I'd be shocked if there's a change there. Mm-hmm. Um, left-back, obviously Ferdinand Mendix. Nobody else is available to play that spot. Uh, Ramos, I can't see being rested. Uh, just, just can't see it. Uh, I can see Militao getting another game. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens, and I'd like to see that because he was very, very good in the last one. Uh, right back could probably be Carvajal as always. I personally wouldn't play Castro. Saying that, the tricky thing is he's got that yellow card lingering over his head. Yes, we talked about this. Actually. We did discuss this. Yeah, so very. Do very you play him? Sorry. And just like, I said the question is: Do you play him? Hope he gets a yellow, and then he's force rested against the. Uh, is it Valencia we have after that? It is, yeah, Valencia. But then again, that's quite a crunch game, so you kind of wouldn't want him to. That's where you're stuck in a catch twenty two situation. So, I don't it's know. Just I you wish he got a yellow card in the last game, then. Yeah, that that would have been far more ideal if he got a yellow in the last one. So he was forced. That was a two, yeah, that was a two on win against Alaba. Sorry to interrupt, but. For for people who may not like fully understand or like know what the schedule is off the top of their head, so basically what Hassan and I are saying is if Casemiro does draw a yellow card, he will miss the next La Liga match, which will be against Valencia next Sunday, uh, December fifteenth, and then of course it would reset and he would be available for the game against Barcelona. The risk in running him out 
today, or rather this weekend, and then against the game in Valencia. If he doesn't pick up a yellow card against Espanyol, okay, cool, sure. But then the issue is if he does pick up one against Valencia on the 15th of December, then he for sure misses the game against Barcelona. And already without having, you know, that great uh, boost in offense, if you will, or productivity, now you're also taking a setback in defensive capabilities. And, you know, even though Barca has been somewhat mediocre this season, it's not a team that you want to, you know, roll the dice on. Yeah, definitely not, man. So it's like, what do you do? Do you risk the do you risk him being suspended against Valencia? You know, are a good side, or do you just rest him, play him against Valencia, and take it to yellow against Valencia? He's definitely out of the classico. So I'd rather risk him now. So the worst case scenario is he misses Valencia. He's more vital against Barcelona than he is against Valencia, to be honest. I just hope I think... he doesn't do what Sergio Ramos did last year in the Champions League, where he purposely oh, yeah. <laughs> yellow card. And then he came and admitted it in a press conference. Said, so not only are you missing the next game, now you get, I think it was like fined or banned an extra game by UEFA. I'm like, why, why'd you do that? No need whatsoever. Stupid. Yeah, it's just, uh, I'll, I'll never understand why you did that. I'll never understand that. Ramos does strange things. But yeah, I think, I think Casemiro will probably start and then midfield will probably be Cruz and Fede, as always. If not, maybe Modric will get a start. Um, I can see Rodrigo or Vinicius, or probably both, getting a chance in this game, possibly, if he really wants to roll the dice on rotation. I would like to see Lukijovic uh, feature, but um, it's tricky to see, see if it actually does happen. So he probably bends him off to start with. Maybe Jovic comes on at some point during the game. I think the tricky... Uh, that's... Sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, carry on, my spot. No, I was going to say, I, for me, the tricky thing is, is when you play Luka Jovic, even if it isn't one of those games where we could likely see a heavy rotation from Zidane, I would like to see Jovic play with guys who are more senior in the starting 11, as opposed to playing beside, like, Vinicius and Rodrigo. And I'm not saying neither one is good. Of course, Rodrigo's shown a lot in, you know, the early goings of this season so far. It's just that I feel like if he gets a chance out there, but he doesn't have a mature supporting cast around him and great service, it's going to make his performance look really bad. And obviously Twitter is going to go off, but just in general, it just won't look good on his part. If you don't, I mean, if you had like Eden Hazard out there, as well as even Gareth Bale helping him out, providing service, you know, coaching him through the game, because we've seen those senior guys do that with the younger kids. I think it would just be so much better. I just worry that he'll get thrown into a game that has such a heavy rotation, have so little output, and it's just not going to bode well with anyone. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that, man. absolutely agree with that. So it's, it's, it's a hard one because obviously we're looking at a side who aren't in the best of shape right now. Uh, Ten defeats to their name, two wins and three uh, three draws. Yeah. I think the I read a stat earlier. This is something like... This is something like they've not been lower at this point of the season since something like 14 years ago. Oh, wow. um, which something crazy like that, at least, anyway. Uh, and they also have the worst goal difference in the league. I'm not sure if they have the worst defence in the league. I'll have to double-check that. But I know they've definitely got the worst uh, goal difference in the league. So They do. They're a minus 18. 
So I could see this game being a bit maybe like Leganes where we just absolutely pummeled them. Um, because they're not scoring a lot and they're not, they're not uh, exactly stopping them going in either. Uh, again, similar to Leganes, there's not much difference between two. Leganes actually conceded less goals than them, which is shocking. Um, so if all goes to plan, we could absolutely pummel them, to be fair, which is what I'm expecting. If well, this game is made to be tight, that'll be just an absolute nightmare. I, again, at this point, especially up until that head-to-head, it's so important that Madrid just secures like three points this Saturday, three points next Sunday, because it's so tight as it is. I mean, we've only lost one game, but then we've drawn four, so it kind of balances out at the end of the day. And then we're tied on points with Barcelona, and the only thing separating us is goal difference. So, I don't know. It's scary, but I would like to highlight a kid that we already highlighted on Monday, and then we said we wanted to talk more about, but congratulations to Federico Valverde for being Real Madrid's November Player of the Month. Solid. Very well-deserved. Like, yeah, who? I mean, yeah, you could make a case for Karim Benzema, but, like, really, I think it would, it would have been a bit of a snub if you didn't give it to the kid. It has been solid. Yeah, he's made himself indispensable to the side in such a short space of time. Um, and that that's absolutely, you know, massively impressive for anyone of that age, especially. I mean, this is his first season, you know, at the club as a, as, a, as well as a starter in general, or just a player in general with the first team. Uh, so to immediately made yourself that indispensable, it's just it's incredible. Um, and he's looked good at pretty much everything in in the process. You know, defensively looks sound, looks offensively sound. You know, he's contributed with. Couple of goals, couple of assists. Um, what more could you possibly want from him? He's, he's been fantastic against PSG. I loved him. Uh, I was really, really impressed with how well he played against PSG. And as soon as he came off, it looked like our midfield wasn't quite the same. Um, so to make yourself, you know, that important in such such a quick time is really incredible. Well, he's the reason why I don't want uh, Paul Pogba to come to Real Madrid. I told you I was writing this article, which isn't out yet, but. Just looking at his stats per 90, Kim puts in like a solid shift every game. It's super, super impressive. Yeah, there's nothing, it's nothing I, can moan about, I can really moan about with him at all. Um, the only, again, like I said, I said it last episode, the only thing I've seen him do this season, which was like, oh, why did you do that? Was when he decided to shoot in the last game instead of squaring it to Benzema, who was wide open. But you know what? At this point, you can't knock him for that. You know, you know, he saw the goal. He took his chance. I can't, I can't complain. We were winning at that point as well. It was pretty late in the day, so can't criticize him too heavily. But yeah, man, he's just the uh, he's been a stalwart, and I hope it may long continue. But I just hope also when obviously the inevitable dip in form does come, as it does with everybody, you don't get the typical idiot to all like, don't know why he's starting. We should just get Pogba now. He's pointless. This that, and the other. Because bound to happen. Um. So yeah, to anyone who's going to do that I'm telling you in advance just shut your mouth how much of a how what am I trying to say here how much of an impact do you think next week's Champions League game is the final game of the group stage will impact how Zidane starts the team on against Espanyol on Saturday I don't think massively because I think we've we're guaranteed to go through regardless of the result we are if I'm not mistaken so Yes. I wouldn't be surprised if he just doesn't really bother with it as such. Um, and 
goes with a pretty easy easy ride through like just rotates the side and players if, if you know a few of the players who again don't get much in the way of minutes because even if we win we're not going to catch PSG at the top of the table um, so yeah I just rotate for that side keep the squad fresh keep the players on the bench on their toes um, and if there's anyone who's only just come back from injury maybe ease them in through this perfect opportunity for that really what did you think of the comments? Um, I don't know if you saw them. Pretty sure you did, though. Uh, at the Ballon d'Or Awards, someone from the press spoke to Luka Jovic about his timing and the lack of minutes that he's basically got at Real Madrid. And he actually said openly that the reason why he did end up at Real Madrid, because many people were saying, you know, press, of course, and stupid outlets like um, Marco. Uh <laughs> Uh, we're basically saying that Jovic wasn't really Zidane's pick, but then when asked about it at the Ballon d'Or Awards, Jovic was like, no, nah, he actually is the reason why I ended up there. And Luka Modric and him have clearly created a nice bond. Yesterday, I think it was, they had a Christmas dinner, a holiday dinner together, which I think is super cool that they do that. There's no coaches, no other staff. It's just the players. And Jovic and Modric actually went together, which is really cool. In any case, Jovic said that Modric has told him uh, to kind of just bite his tongue, put in the work, and he'll be rewarded in good time. Yeah, it's it's bang on, really. Um, it's good to see. Obviously, he's got an experienced head on his shoulders, um, and you know he's got a mature mindset. He knows his time will come. At the end of the day, he's just joined the club, and Benzema's in the form of his life. Um, but obviously, you know. Benzema is obviously over the age of 30, so naturally, while the time is undefeated, it will catch up, you know, in the coming years, as sad as that is to say. Uh, so he'll get his chance, man. Like, he's got a huge talent, so he, he knows that he's in the right place, and he wouldn't have joined the club if he didn't, didn't believe in himself, and he didn't believe that would be possible. Uh, on the topic of that Christmas dinner, though, did you see the gift list? No, what was it? I, I wanted to open it, but then I was at my... So let me run over it for you. So this is what has been reported. Can I just so say Marcelo, there, though? Gareth Bale. Again. Gareth yeah, he Bale. did. He turned up. <laughs> yeah. But you know who wasn't there, though? Tony Cruz and Kareem Benzema. Interesting. That's, that is very interesting. And Cruz... But, uh, sorry, one second. Cruz actually missed the last years as well. And it came out the reason why he missed it was a bit too late i don't think he wanted to be out that late or something i think it has something to do with like wanting to put his kids to bed or something i don't know whatever the case may be i mean cruz is a good guy so whatever run off this list so yeah so starting with marcelo who gave bale a lovely gift and that was a golf club which apparently caused much laughter amongst the team. So, but it's good to see, you know, at the end of the day, all the reports that Bales this, Bales that, seems to, he seems to have a great relationship with the squad. Uh, other gifts that were traded amongst the players were a gym weight to Vasquez for the one that he injured his foot with. Oh my God, okay. Yeah, somebody gave him that. Uh, Essentia was given a Zimmer frame. He was given what, sorry? A Zimmer frame, so like a walker. Okay. Uh, Jovic was given a Spanish dictionary. Okay. Brahim was given a child's toy. Makes sense. Still a child. Vinicius was given a stuffed animal. And the best one, and this is my personal favorite, Ferlan Mendy. Take a guess what he was given. Okay, well, tell me who gave it to him. 
Uh, I don't know who gave it to him. Unfortunately, it's not been reported, but take a guess. Can I get a clue? That's like so ambiguous. It, it's, uh, it's, it's something you just wouldn't expect to give to somebody at all, to be honest. I what don't know, you know what to do with it. It's like that's it's anything. So- that's like me gifting you a pencil, and you'd be like, "Well, I wasn't expecting that. You came all the way it, from Canada to give me a it's pencil." It's a solid rectangular item. A gold bar? No, a brick. Like a an literal actual brick. A literal house brick. Wow! So I went <laughs> the complete opposite of <laughs> a gold brick. <laughs> you you must have some nice sort of friends with your lines, man. <laughs> no, I, I don't have. <laughs> Very few friends to start with, but the reason why I said that remember a couple of years ago when Cristiano bought everybody like a ten thousand dollar Rolex with their oh, name yeah, that's true. on a Christmas. Cristiano Ronaldo's got like an absolute ridiculous track record when it comes to like gifts for different things. I think for I'm not sure if it was his, his agent, but on his agent's wedding, he gifted him a Greek island. Yes, I remember the Greek island. <laughs> Remember when everyone thought that his agent's daughter and him were an item? I was like, nah. Yeah, I thought that was a bit weird. Cause I'm pretty sure she's a fair bit younger than him. Well, I mean, so is Georgina. So, like, I'm yeah, pretty but sure that's the same. Not as big a gap as what that would have been. I swear to God, that was bigger. Because I don't think... Isn't Georgina Mendes is... 22 years old? She thinks she's 23, 24. I'm going to quickly Google this. <laughs> I think I love how we condense this whole podcast so much that now we're just filling the time talking about random shit, like so irrelevant. She's 25. Georgina? Yeah, so they're nine years apart. So, how old is Jorge Mendes' daughter? Uh, I'm not sure. Let's have a find out. Go, go look it up. We're totally not talking about football at all. Oh, by the way, oh. if anyone out there wants to play me in FIFA 20, just let me know. Like, just DM me. I want to play somebody I actually know. Um, here oh, she's one... 25. Oh, see, that. they're the same age. Okay, cool, bro. <laughs> no. <God. laughs> oh, my God. Why Why you got to do that to me all the time? You. <laughs> she's such an asshole. Anyway, you know what? I'm wrapping up this goddamn podcast. I think we're done here because all that's going to happen is Hassan is just going to start making fun of me now. Oh, wait. Did we actually drop our starting 11? It was like so oh. random. I dropped mine, you didn't drop yours, and you said on the last podcast you were going to try and be different. So. Okay, be well, different. Okay, it's, be a been, maverick. it's been a couple minutes, I've completely forgot what you said, so here's my 4-3-3. Courtois starting, of course, I'm going Mendy, Ramos, Militao, Danny Carvajal, and the midfield is going to be Fedi, Casemiro, Isco, and then the top three is going to be... Oof, I'm going to go Vinny, Benzema, Bale. Bale's not fit, so he won't play. No, he will. No, he's got a hamstring injury. He's out, he's out of that squad. No, no, no. He's fine. Trust me. I spoke to him earlier. Yeah, did you? Yeah. Fuck, now i got to change the whole thing. Shit. No, you just got to change the right wing, for God's sake. No, I'm not going to change the whole thing. But then if that's the case, then I put Isco on right wing, put Luka Modric back into the midfield. Um... Yeah, I don't know who I put on on the left then. I don't know, man. Whatever. Gives a you shit. did say Vinicius, so Vinicius will probably start in so, your eyes. In my eyes, yeah. Why'd you say it like that in your eyes, as if like my take is wrong and yours is right? I didn't say that. <laughs> no, it's not. You didn't say that, but it's the way you said it. It was like in your uh, eyes. 
you're you're insinuating things that didn't happen. Okay, I'm just I'm just picking up what you're putting down. But anyway, there's that no. That's a paranoid girlfriend. Oh my god, Hassan! Even if I was a girl, I wouldn't date you. Trust me. <laughs> it's cool. I wouldn't ask you anyway. Oh my god! You know this conversation is gonna get weird, and no one wants to hear that. But I've dropped my starting nine. The other two, whatever. I think we're gonna take this game nice and easy anyway. So I'm not even fussed about it. But yeah, that's what it is. I think we're just gonna do another podcast on Monday. Then correct. Yeah. Uh, yes, we are. We will be back on Monday. Yes, we will be back on Monday. Uh, stay tuned to the website, though, because there's a whole bunch of cool stuff that's coming out. Everyone is writing different super nice articles. Hassan, do you have anything coming up? No? No? Yes, I do. Uh, I've got something about Zidane shutting up the crickets coming up. And that's going to be a big, bigger, long piece. So shit, keep yourself tuned out for that. That's actually going to be a good one, because just by the title, I know how you're going to write that up. And it's going to be... <laughs> It's, no, I'm being serious, though. It's going to be a real good look at understanding Zidane's tactics. And I'm pretty sure, knowing Hassan, he's going to mention the PSG game, or at least Madrid's last two games, and how the team's lined up and the different things they've done to actually succeed in those games. So if you are interested in that kind of stuff, I would definitely like keep your eyes peeled for it. It's going to be a good one. I'm writing something that isn't nearly as cool, but I'm talking about how Zidane's got the best out of Isco. And it's just surprised everybody, including, like, me and Madrid fans, because, like, no one was expecting to see him starting games anytime soon. But anyway, check out the page. Follow the Real Champs Twitter at the Real Champs FS. Follow Hassan on Twitter, because now he's, you know, one of the elites of Real Madrid Twitter. <laughs> Has Karim. And I'm still a peasant on Real Madrid Twitter. I don't even know if I'm a peasant. I think I'm still outside the door. Uh, shout out to one super cool guy who followed me, though, for some reason. Um, but follow me at mnizamdin7. As always, thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back on Monday. Peace out. Enjoy the game on Saturday.